seated. Happy New Year. Happy New Year in Columbus and Happy New Year here today. Can't believe it's already 2020, the first Sunday in 2020. And folks, today with the new year, we get to celebrate some new life in Christ this morning. We are baptizing, and it's okay to clap. You ready? We are baptizing uh, in Columbus and here in Pittsburgh a total of 11 people today. So let's give God a hand. That's awesome. And so we celebrate today. If you're new, we planted a church in Columbus in February, and this is the first time that we'll baptize in Columbus today. We are baptizing three people in Columbus today. God is so good. And we're baptizing eight here, and we're excited for you uh, to be baptized as well. If you are family today of those being baptized or friends in either location, thanks for being with us today. We are starting a series, a new series called Be Generous. And actually, it's not a new series. It's a series that we do every year. And uh, it's just simply talking about how God wants us to be good stewards of our time, our talent, and our treasure. Let's say that together. Our time, our talent, and our treasure. So today, though, I thought with us celebrating what God's doing in these new, in, in these new uh, lives that have come to know Christ, we're going to be talking today, uh, before that we start talking about our time and our talent and treasure, God wants us to be good stewards of our hearts and our minds. So here's what we're saying today. Before we can be good stewards of what we have, we must first be good stewards of who we are. Let's say that mouthful together. Before we can be good stewards of what we have, we must first be good stewards of who we are. So here's the question I'm going to be asking you today. In in 2019, as we look into 2020, how are you and I doing at stewarding our character? That's a loaded question. When we think of the word steward, it simply means that we're responsible for something. How are you at at stewarding your car? Is your car clean or is it dirty? How are you at stewarding your money? You're good or bad? How are you at stewarding the relationships of your life? Now, as we ask this question, how are you at stewarding your character? I have to be honest today. About a year ago, I was not very good at stewarding my character. Um, some of you have heard of the Enneagram test, and on that it'll tell you what you're, what, you, what, you're at, what you're good at at your best and when you're at your worst. Well, one of my worst is that I'm overly competitive, okay? And I know that's hard for some of you to believe, but I am. I'm overly competitive. And my daughter was playing in a basketball game, you know, a year ago. I didn't do very well at stewarding my character. The referees in this game were not calling the game very well. I'm trying not to get upset all over again, all right? They weren't doing a very good job. Long story short, they'd called what I would call phantom fouls on my daughter like twice, where literally she touched no one, no one touched her, and they just called the foul. So do you know how like sometimes when you're at a ball game and there's a lot of noise going on and you just kind of add into the noise? Well, they called another foul on Grace, and I said... Uh, you called that on 2-5, which is Grace's number 2-5. The problem was I kind of said it loud. And at the same time that I said it loud, everybody else just stopped talking. (laughs) You know? So I said, you called that on 2-5? And then everybody just kind of... And then the guy looked at me, the ref looked at me, and he said, 
one more word out of you and you're out of here. So all I could think to say was we have services at 8.30, 10 o'clock or 11.30 if you'd like to come. Now, my dad was there with me. And if you know my dad, he hates confrontation. He's the opposite personality when it comes to saying what he thinks. And so he looks at me and he looked at me later and he said, if I could have crawled in a hole and put a lid over the top of it, I would have done it. And so uh, I got to thinking about that and I was like, ooh, that's not good. And then my dad says, do you know who that was? Like, no, he's a pastor. I said, oh, well, I guess I need to go and ask him what his sermon is on Sunday. So I I contacted the guy and I apologized and, and I realized that I need to do a better job of keeping my mouth shut. How about you? How are you at, at, at your character, whether it's your mouth or your heart or your mind? How are you at stewarding your character? Now, I'm going to let everybody off the hook for just a minute this morning. The truth is we are not good at always being good stewards of our character. The reality is today, the only person that can allow us to have good character all the time is Jesus Christ. And as we connect ourselves to him, as we're going to celebrate here in just a little bit in both locations, people who've connected their lives to Christ, we have the Holy Spirit inside of us when we ask Jesus into our heart. And it's his power, it's his spirit, it's his presence that allows us to do and be exactly what God's called us to do and to be. But we have to allow and we have to submit to that. Amen. And so that's what we're talking about today. Paul jumps in on this in his first letter to Corinth. He's writing to the church, and he would customize the letters to the churches based on what they needed at the time. And he says to to Corinth in his first letter, he says, Hey, listen, don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit lives inside of you? Let's say that together. Don't you know that you yourselves are? are God's temple, and that God's spirit lives inside of you. Don't you know, Kyle, that you are God's temple and that my spirit is inside of you? And it's not good for you or other people when you scream out, you called that on 2-5, okay? See, what one of the things that we forget sometimes is, is that Jesus came to bring the temple into our hearts. In fact, the truth is this morning when I was a kid, I went to this small church um, out in the middle of nowhere, and I would hear from different people, hey, don't run in the church. Don't run in the house of God. Maybe some of you heard that. Maybe you're new this morning. You never heard of that before. But when I was a kid, I would hear that. Don't run in the house of the God. And as I got older and began to study scripture, I realized that's actually bad theology. It's okay to say, don't run in the building. Don't run because you're going to knock someone down and just practice good policy. You shouldn't be running around other people. But the reality is the house of God is not a building. The house of God is a people. And Paul's reminding the church and us today, don't you realize that you are the temple of God? See, check this. We bring the house of God with us wherever we go. So if you're a believer this morning, my question is, how are you and I doing at stewarding our temple? Because Paul says, you yourselves, say that with me, you yourselves are the temple of God. The people of God are the temples of God. 
So instead of worrying about if the sanctuary or this building place here is dirty or vacuumed to even more degree, it's important that we keep our lives clean and pure for what God has for us. So today, how do we become good stewards of our temple? I'm going to give us four ways, four reminders. I'm not telling you anything today that you don't already know. Um, But this morning, we're going to talk about four ways as we start out 2020 that we need to be in order to be good stewards of our temple. Here's the first one, the most important one, and probably the thing that we need to teach our children the most. And here it is. Guard your heart. If we want to be good stewards of who we are before what we are, right? If we want to be good stewards of who we are in Christ, we have to start with guarding our hearts. Proverbs says, guard your heart above all else. Let's finish it together. For it determines the course of your life. Well, that's kind of important stuff. What Solomon is saying is is that your heart determines your course, your direction, your path. And yet in the middle of that, the Bible talks about all these different seasons, right? A time to be born, a time to plant, a time to uproot, all these times, time, 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 a, a time, all these different things. And then at the end, it says a time to die. So no matter what season we're in, we can never get to a place where we stop guarding our hearts. Guard your heart when someone's angry with you. Guard your heart when you're angry with someone else. Guard your heart when you get the job. Guard your heart when you lose the job. Guard your heart when they do the colonoscopy and say, we didn't find anything. Guard your heart when they say, you have stage four cancer. Guard your heart when your children speak well of you. Guard your heart when your children don't understand you or you don't have a good relationship with them. Guard your heart in the summer, in the fall, in the winter. Guard your heart in every season of your life. We have a tendency to be fair weather fans, don't we? The Bible says that in this world... You will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world, Jesus says. Before we get into anything else or before we unpack anything else the next few weeks, we have to understand that as our heart goes, our course goes, our direction goes. So we have to steward our hearts. How are you doing at that? Maybe you would say you're not doing very well. Guarding your heart has nothing to do with willpower. It's about surrender. It's not in trying harder. It's more about letting go and letting God. Saying, God, would you help me guard my heart? Another thing we need to do to steward our temple is to renew our minds. Y'all work with anybody that can be negative Don't point to them if they're here. Columbus, you work with anybody that can be negative? Or maybe you have a tendency to be negative. Situations in general sometimes can get us down. I've shared this story many, many times. 
But I was skiing one time and I was going up a ski lift and I looked down and there's a guy that's blind and there's a man connected to him by a rope and the guy in front of him saying, turn left, turn right, slow down. That man took his blindness and said, you know what, it's not going to define me. He had a renewed mind about the fact that he could do something that someone with eyes can do. Paul says, as believers, as followers of Jesus, if you're today, you're just kind of checking things out, then, then that's you. But if today you would say you're a follower, Paul reminds you, hey, don't be conformed any longer to the patterns of this world. Man, there's a lot of patterns in this world. Turn on the television or, or go to social media and you'll find some of those patterns. If it's negative, let's focus on it. If, it's make, if it makes money, then let's do it. If it happens, then let's twist it and gossip about it. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, Paul says, but let's finish it. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Well, the implication is, is that the world's patterns don't lead to mind renewal. It's kind of a teaching message today as we move into this next year. Think about that. The world's patterns don't tend to lead you towards mind renewal. The chaos and the busyness of your life or the lone... Do you know there's a lot of lonely people in our world today? A lot of people that are busy, but there's a lot of people that are lonely We have these patterns in our life of filling up space with just busyness, that somehow being busy is going to take our mind off of what happened, or somehow being busy is going to get us in a better place. Let me tell you today, focusing on the patterns of this world will not lead to mind renewal. Paul says, here's what will lead to mind renewal. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right. Now think about that. Some of you need to hear that today. It's not a fair weather scripture. When everything's going right in your life, then fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, and right. No, it just says fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, and right, no matter the season that you're in. Have you ever been feeling sorry for yourself and then Someone talks to you, you hear a story, and then you realize you don't have it as bad as they do. Paul says today, to renew your mind, where, let me control your thoughts. What is true? What is right? What is good? What is honorable? What is pure? What is lovely? Listen to what he says. Think about things like that, that are excellent and worthy of praise. In other words, let God steward your mind, not social media and circumstances. That's a practical way of saying that. Now, last I checked, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and anything else I'm forgetting, they're not a deity. And last I checked, the Bible does say we're going to have some good circumstances, we're going to have some bad circumstances, we're going to have some unfair circumstances. There's going to be a lot that goes on in life. And in the middle of all that, because of what Jesus did, check this out, 
When Jesus said, we don't, I'm, gonna, I'm playing with a series, I haven't finished it yet, called Finished. When Jesus said, it is finished, it meant a lot of things. It means that we have the power through the Holy Spirit to be finished worrying and fretting over everything in the world. But it's not through willpower. It's through surrendering to him. Another way that we can steward our, our temple is to filter, filter what your mouth says. I know no one struggles with that, but maybe you know someone that does. It's okay to joke. Maybe it's too close to home. <laughs> Everybody's like, whoop. Filter what your mouth says. Well, since it's already awkward in here, and maybe in Columbus, I'm going to go ahead and read a scripture and make it really awkward. You ready? This is a tough one. If you claim to be religious, but don't control your tongue, you are fooling yourself. Let's finish it together. And your religion is... Did you call that on too far? Well, I just, I have to sit. This is what Paul was trying to say to the church in Corinth and what he says to us today. Hey, listen, big mouth. Don't you realize that you are God's temple? It's not this building. And Kyle, don't you realize that my spirit lives inside of you? And don't you remember that I'm supposed to control what comes out your mouth, not you. Some of us have heard this mouth filter before, but it's a good, it's a good thing that we need to be reminded of when we're thinking about saying it. Okay? Is it true? Well, I heard it from Shirley, and you know she knows what she's talking about sometimes. Well, I read it on the internet and everything on there. We know that's true. Is it true? Yeah, it's true. They called a foul on 2-5. That's true. Is it necessary? No. Is it kind? No. What would happen at home, not just at work, at home, if you said this year, Lord, Give me a filter that's from you. You know, you know how people that just admit they're wrong and immediately things get better? And I could be butchering this, but Andy Pettit and Roger Clemens both have Hall of Fame statistics. One is in the Hall of Fame because he admitted using steroids. The other one refuses to admit it, and he's still not in. We give grace to people who are honest, don't we? It's okay for you to say, I struggle with my tongue. But I know someone who doesn't. And this year, I'm going to allow God to have my tongue. So how do, how do we steward our, our temple? Guard our hearts. Renew our minds. Let God filter our tongue. And lastly, watch where your feet go. Say that with me. Watch where your feet go. 
Solomon says, give careful thought to the paths of your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Steward where your feet go well. Say that with me. Steward where your feet go well. Maybe your feet have been stewarding you to the break room where everybody's talking about everybody. Maybe that's not where your feet need to go. Maybe the group of people that your feet have been taking you to are not the people that really are edifying what God wants you to be. And maybe the Lord is saying, hey, maybe this isn't the group of people you need to hang out with. If you're in God's word, God's word says bad company corrupts good character. Maybe as you give God your feet, he takes you to places you've never been before. Maybe it's, it's a mission trip. Maybe it's to serve at Lord's Diner with our church or, or just your family or, or, or yourself. Maybe your feet take you to, to that person at school that no one is sitting with and you sit down next to them and you let the Holy Spirit work through you and you develop a relationship with them. Steward where your feet go well. We ask the question, how do we become a... Good stewards in 2020 of our temple. If the temple's not a building, if the temple's a people, then we must guard our heart. We must renew our mind. We must let God filter our mouth. We must watch where our feet are going. Some of you are familiar that about two or three years ago, we started the homestead over here, just, just right over here on the west side of the property. And anybody that volunteers at the homestead, Pastor H has a checklist of things they have to do when they show up and when they leave to keep the place kept well so that when new people come, you know, it looks nice. They're just trying to be a good steward of, of the place. The Bible tells us that God lives in the praises of his people. In other words, God's homestead is in, his pra- is in our praise and it's in our temple. Are we keeping it clean by guarding our heart, renewing our mind, filtering our mouth and watching where our feet go? So here's the, here's the grace. That's, been, that's kind of been the truth. Here's the grace. Remember, it's an ongoing process. It takes surrender, not willpower. And when you recognize someone's blind spot, remember you have one too. Well, you know, I don't struggle with my mouth, and they do. Yeah, but you have other things. Before we can be good stewards of what we have, let's finish it together, Columbus. We must first be good stewards of who we are. In the next few weeks, we're going to talk about how God wants our time. We're to take our time and be good stewards of it. The following week, we'll talk about God wants our talents, that we're called to use our gifts and be good stewards. You know, stewardship talks about being responsible. We're to be good stewards and responsible with the talents God's given us, our gifts and our abilities 
And then our treasure, God wants our treasure. But before we do any of that today, none of that matters if we're not stewarding who we are. Some things that you can do to steward who you are. Read his word. You can go out to the YouVersion app. You can find a Bible reading plan. We've got Bible reading plans out here in the lobby as well on the connect wall that you can grab. Start putting God's word in your heart. The Bible says if you hide God's word in your heart, it helps you not to sin against him. Don't forsake the assembling together. This what the Bible says means there's power when we come together as believers. Amen? And spend some time each day praying for someone beside yourself. We get bored with prayers when all our prayers are around ourselves. Pray for yourself. Pray for your family. But how you grow spiritually is when you stop praying for yourself all the time and you start praying for other people. Maybe this year a practical thing you do is when someone says, will you pray for me? You actually do it. I don't know what you need to do with that today, this morning before we do our baptism service. But I suspect this morning that the Holy Spirit has spoken to you about one of those things. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you for who you are. I thank you, God, that you love us, that we're called according to your purpose. Thank you, Lord, for the grace that you give us. Thank you, Lord, that you came and you died. You suffered a brutal death. They put nails in your feet and in your hands. They put a crown of thorns on your head. And they hit you over and over and over. But scripture says that by your stripes, we are healed. And so, Father, today, remind us, Lord, that it's through your power and through your graces, Lord, that we can, we can do the things and steward our temple in a way that's pleasing to you. So we're going to take just a second in both locations and just simply say this to God in this moment. Would you just simply say to God right now, speak, Lord, I'm listening. You can say it under your breath. You don't have to say it out loud, but in your mind, would you just say, speak, Lord, I'm listening. And just allow him to talk to you about one or all of these things. Lord, am I guarding my heart? Lord, am I allowing you to renew my mind? Lord, are, are you pleased with what comes out my mouth? Lord, you have permission to direct where my feet go. there's anything offensive in my life, take it out. With every head bowed and every eye closed, just as a testimony to God and no one else, if you prayed that prayer, if that's a desire of your heart, would you just slip your hand up real quick, not for others to see with every head bowed, but just for the Lord to know. Slip your hand up real quick. God, you see those hands? Father, today, help us to live a life that is pleasing to you. 
Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen.